Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. KFI AM640. You're listening to The John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Doug McIntyre, pinch hitting for John and Ken, who have got some well-deserved uh, off time here. We're up on the 4th of July uh, weekend coming up, the big birthday for America. We're here until Conway comes along. Tim will join us later on this hour. We'll give you a chance to win some dough. Uh, and we got lots of stuff to talk about, including, uh, including one of the stupidest schemes I've ever seen for a criminal. We'll get into that. You're not going to do well in jail when you're convicted of this. And we're also going to talk about... Uh, the reparations report that was issued, as you know, there's a move in Sacramento to issue reparations for slavery and the effects thereof. So uh, Corbin Carson's going to join us on that. But the headline story, enormously significant story, is the Supreme Court today uh, overturning on a 6-3 decision, essentially 40 years of so-called settled law on affirmative action. They're going negative on affirmative action. Ruling that uh, it is unconstitutional to consider race in university admissions, eliminating the principal tool of the nation's most selective schools that have used to diversify their campuses. So to talk to us about this, to get into the uh, weeds on the law, because what do I know about the law? I mean, the only thing I know, I've been a defendant, but I don't know anything about the law. So we went out and got somebody who really does. He is, of course, the professor of law at the UCLA School of Law. It's a pleasure to welcome to the show Eugene Volek. Uh, Eugene, how are you? Uh, I am well. Uh, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. So does the basis is the 14th Amendment 
equal protection. And if I am getting this straight, what the court ruled, the conservative court uh, ruled on this was that essentially in order to eliminate racism, you are practicing racism. You are practicing discrimination against qualified students who won't get a seat in a in a college or university uh, because of nothing that they did. It's because a preference has been given to somebody else based on the color of their skin. Is that correct? Yeah, that's pretty much so. Uh, the court said that universities, uh, pu public universities, are not allowed, uh, generally speaking, to favor people based on uh, based on race. Just like we wouldn't expect them to favor, I don't know, Christians over Muslims or something like that at public universities and private universities. Uh, 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 so long as they get federal funds, are subject to this federal statute, Title VI of the Civil Rights Act, and that applies the same standards to private universities, pretty much anyone uh, out there, because almost all take federal funds. Uh, now, does this ruling uh, does this ruling affect, for instance, uh, historically black colleges like something like Grambling or Howard University? Uh, would they now uh, be uh, open to a accepting students across uh, all racial? I mean, I know, first of all, Howard University and Grambling accept white students. They accept Asian students and Hispanic students. But w would this possibly, uh, if you will, change the composition of those schools as well? Um, so uh, the court didn't have to confront this issue directly just because the particular universities, there were University of North Carolina and Harvard. Um, my sense is that indeed, uh, uh, historically black colleges remain mostly black because a lot of black students are drawn to them and a lot of other students are not drawn to them. Um, uh, so I don't think that they, that they have uh, preferences for black applicants. In fact, I wonder they might have sometimes preferences for other applicants precisely because they want to be somewhat less uh, overwhelmingly, uh, overwhelmingly black. So that might be affected in, in some measure. Uh, I, just, I, I don't think that that's going to be a, a major issue just because, again, as you point out, as I, uh, and as I understand it, generally speaking, they don't discriminate uh, in favor of black applicants. It's just that black applicants are more likely to seek them out. And one of the arguments uh, for opponents of the affirmative action program at this point in 2023 has been that America has moved on from the days when, for instance, you can go back to the 20s, when Jews could not really get into the Ivy League schools. It was very difficult. Uh, and obviously, we know that it was extraordinarily difficult for African Americans and other minorities and women uh, to get into prestigious schools for, for, for many, many years in American history. Well, that's obviously changed because of affirmative action. It's been very successful in increasing the diversity of student populations and faculty and board of directors and board of regents, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, opponents of affirmative action continue to say mission accomplished, that you're there. It's hard to imagine going forward that universities all of a sudden are going to become enclaves of racial discrimination, given just the composition of who runs them. Oh, right. Uh, so, so I think the, uh, the argument is that... Uh, um, that whatever may have been the case when the universities had just been discriminated against them, where you needed to kind of give a benefit uh, uh, to people to compensate for the fact that they themselves had just been discriminated against before. Uh, today, uh, that kind of 
personal experience, well, you were denied access to UNC last year or five years before, now we need to compensate for that, uh, uh, is, is just not relevant. Now, of course, supporters of race-based affirmative action say, well, the one reason that there are fewer blacks and Hispanics in various schools uh, is uh, uh, that there's been societal discrimination in past generations and even even in the present, but by other institutions. And that's the important thing that the majority, the important controversial thing the majority says is you can't uh, discriminate based on race to compensate for societal discrimination, for societal discrimination in the past and maybe even for some societal discrimination in the present. Uh, that that's just not a basis for uh, for uh, harming a say a white or Asian applicant today in order to benefit a black or Hispanic applicant. That in the past there had been lots of discrimination against blacks and Hispanics. That that doesn't justify the individual discrimination uh, that that these universities are, are currently practicing. We're talking with UCLA law professor Eugene Volokh, uh, and this suit originated with an activist but it was uh it, it, it who was very much uh, edward bloom is his name and he was uh very much opposed to affirmative action but it was uh it was fronted by uh, a group of asian students who argued successfully that they are being discriminated against as affirmative action might uh equalize opportunity for people of color for uh african americans in particular it comes at the expense of opportunity for asian students so i think that's right and there's actually some evidence that asian students are being treated worse not just worse than black and hispanic students they're being treated worse than white students uh and that as a result uh, um uh, uh, the, they're sort of bearing the brunt of it, but even if that's not so, they're still bearing the brunt of it together with white students. Well, here's one way of thinking about this argument. You often hear about people saying, oh, we want institutions that look like America. Well, if you really do want institutions that look like America, then you do have to have for universities aggressive discrimination against Asians. Because, indeed, Asians are generally overrepresented at many top universities, at, uh, UCL, uh, at uh, UC systems historically they had been, and they are even now that uh, um, race preferences, perhaps especially now that race preferences have been prohibited in UC for, for a couple of decades now. Uh, so if you really believe at least some versions of the pro-affirmative action, we want a country that looks like America, um, uh, excuse me, we want universities that look like America, uh, are argument that, yes, Asians would be heavily discriminated against. Uh, back in the day, I think uh, in the 1990s, in fact, uh, that was an argument that I think uh, Bill Clinton um, uh, uh, was, was quoted as making, uh, that uh, we need to have uh, uh, affirmative action because otherwise universities like Berkeley uh, could be 100 percent Asian. And well, my view is, well, that's fine if that's, if that's the way the, uh, the applications come out, but this has been in fact part of the kind of racial balancing argument uh, uh, that we had seen, at least from some supporters of race-based approach. Yeah, 25 years ago I heard people, I was uh, teaching a class at UCLA in the uh, extension program and people were uh, then joking that UCLA stood for UC Lots of Asians. So this is not a new phenomenon. But let me ask you a non-legal question here for a second because you teach on the campus. It's a magnificent campus, it's a magnificent school, it's desirable globally. What what is your experience been as as a teacher as a faculty member at UCLA in terms of the way uh, the student body reflects modern America? You know, I teach 
law. So I teach First Amendment law. And uh, it's true, I would like to have students who have all sorts of different perspectives uh, and who have kind of create a lively class discussion and have a sense of the world. Um, I very much doubt in my experience that the race matters that much. I think actually their religion may matter more, but I don't approve of the university giving a preference to say Catholics because we don't have enough Catholics in First Amendment classes. I think their ideology probably matters more. I think things we don't, can't do much about, like their age, they're all very homogeneous. They're all very non-diverse as to some things, as to age, generally as to at least their socioeconomic future, even if not uh, their, their, uh, their present or their, their parents' socioeconomic status. So the fact is I'm never going to have a class that's full of people who really proportionally represent the whole country and the whole range of human experience in the country. Um, uh, I'm just interested in having smart students who are hardworking and who do a good job. I think the best way of doing that is by admitting them based on things like grades, things like test scores, and such imperfect measures as they are. But, you know, they're, they're probably the best we have, as opposed to based on things like race or sex or religion or sexual orientation. Yeah. It's not like those latter factors don't count for anything in class discussion. Obviously, in some measure, you could see them being helpful. I just don't view that as the really important thing. Professor Eugene Volokh, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate your, uh, your being with us and your insights. All right. Very well, much my pleasure. Thank you. And when we come back, we've got uh, so much more to get into. Tim Conway will join us in just a bit. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Boy, what a historic day between the Supreme Court on affirmative action and we got California warming up at the bullpen with the reparations. And boy, that's only going to be even more controversial. We'll get into it in just a bit. But first, we want to give you a chance to win some dough. Now, your chance to win $1,000. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Money. That's money. M-O-N-E-Y. Enter it now at KFIAM640.com slash cash. Powered by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you're hurt in an accident, winning is everything. Call the winning attorneys at Sweet James. 1-800-9-MILLION. That's 1-800-9-MILLION or SweetJames.com. Make sure you go to KFIAM640.com forward slash cash. That's where you need to enter the keyword, which is money. And you'll uh, need to go to the website. Winners will be notified by email. So make sure you uh, check your junk and your spam folder uh, to see if you won. And listen to KFIAM640 for the winning keyword every hour, every weekday from 920 with Gary and Shannon all the way to 520 with Tim Conway Jr. So the next opportunity will be tomorrow. So keep listening. Just set your radio to KFI and then snap the knob off so it's always on KFI. And then you don't have any problems. Uh, all right, let's get into this. Uh, we just uh, talked about the affirmative action uh, being overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court. And there is going to be an enormous political fallout. Obviously, there's a cleave right down the middle of America like everything else. The uh, left-right uh, split is reflected in this issue. Getting rid of affirmative action has been a dream for conservatives for a very long time, and keeping it has been sort of a bedrock issue for people on the left, and especially for minority voters, many minority voters, not all, obviously. Uh, President Biden was quick to come out and condemn this, and everybody's lining up along uh, the ideological divide, as you would expect. And in the middle of it, once again, is the Supreme Court and this concept of settled law. We saw it earlier 
when the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade after 50 plus years. And that was obviously a profoundly significant decision. Uh, states are still wrestling with the consequences of that, with some states even trying to prosecute women who go out of state to get abortion services, etc. Uh, and the Democrats exploited it during the midterm election. Instead of getting uh, creamed in the midterm election like everybody expected, they actually held the Senate and they did pretty good in the House. So politically speaking, the affirmative action issue probably uh, breaks to the Democrats' favor in 2024. I mean, this is the reality. We like to think, and the Supreme Court likes to pretend, that it's above the gutter politics that the rest of us wallow in 24-7. But if you really want to see a court that is completely apolitical, go to night court. Go sit in night court and watch watch a judge there, you know, pro, uh, processing people who have been hauled in for driving drunk or something like that. There's no politics involved in that. The politics at the Supreme Court has always been there. It will always be there. And this cuts to this concept of settled law. There is no such thing as settled law, even when. Uh, we have been living for a very long period of time, I and mean, it could be 100 years, it could be 200 years. Uh, that uh, concept can blow up with uh, a 5-4 decision. When a, when a Supreme Court comes along that has changed, that's shifted its ideological bent, all of a sudden... Settled law is unsettled, and we've seen that in two huge cases in this particular historic term of the United States Supreme Court. And we all know everybody says elections have consequences, which is why this Supreme Court uh, term will be very consequential when it gets to the 2024 election. I guarantee you that both left and right are fundraising right now based on this decision. Now, what does it mean for America? Well, anything that involves race is going to be a big gong. It's going to really send out vibrations into society. As we know, ever since the George Floyd uh, murder, we're still feeling that from defund police to crime on the rise as police departments have backed down and more fearful of, of aggressive policing, et cetera, et cetera. There's all kind of unintended consequences for things as well. Will this bring out more minority voters in upcoming elections? Possibly. It, does it mean that there's going to be a rollback of diversity on U.S. college campuses and university campuses? I got to be honest with you. I, I'm not Nostradamus. My uh, crystal ball is notoriously, not only, it's not only foggy, it's cracked and it's in a pawn shop in Van Nuys. But I can't see modern American universities all of a sudden rolling up the welcome, welcome mat for diverse student body populations. Because first of all, the faculties are diverse. This is not, this isn't the, you know, uh, this isn't uh, Animal House. It's not 1962. It's not, uh, it's not the 1950s where colleges were largely lily white and Christian and male. It, uh, not only are the campuses different, the faculties are different and the board of regents are different and the board of uh, the investors, the fundraisers, the uh, big benefactors of colleges and universities, corporate grants. Uh, if you want to use the woke term, fine. Modern American colleges are very woke. And it's hard to imagine a rollback to the old days when colleges were something other than that. But it definitely represents a sea change because there was a time and not that long ago, and there are plenty of people walking amongst us, including parents and grandparents or great-grandparents at least, who grew up in America where college was not for them. And the only way they got there was through affirmative action. And when you live that life, 
then you understand why people are reluctant to let it go. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi on a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We got a whole bunch of stuff to get into, including... This story, and what an irony that this uh, story shows up the same day that the Supreme Court overturned uh, the uh, affirmative action program that's been sort of settled law, part of American culture for a very long time. But California's reparations task force has not only condemned that, but they've also issued the report. And for what's in that report, we turn to uh, the man who's got the story for us. Uh, Corbin, welcome aboard. How are you? 
I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is the nation's first reparations task force. It spent two years. It submitted its final report for potential rap- what potential reparations could look like for black Americans in California. It lists 115 policy recommendations, but to be clear, it does not recommend payment amounts or ways for states to fund potential future pr- uh, payments. There was a formula released a month ago that estimated a person could receive up to $1.2 million. There were some other suggestions of, of payment about, uh, amounts. Non-monetary recommendations include formal apologies, criminal justice, housing, education, and healthcare reforms, just, just to name a few. Um, the task force was enacted by an, an assembly bill called the California Task Force to Study and Develop Reparations Proposals. And its stated mission was to study and recommend ways to redress the historical atrocities perpetrated against African-Americans in California and spent the last two years documenting how, quote, enslavement and its enduring legacy of systemic racism cemented structural inequality and recommend many methods for repairing the resulting harm. And let's start with uh, task member Senator Steve Bradford, who's from L.A., and he talks about exactly what this task force was designed to do. The job of the task force was not to implement anything. It was simply to recommend and to advise. It is now up to the legislature, which I'm part of, and the governor, to implement it. Over the last two years, this task force has documented in great detail the history of slavery, not only in this nation, but in California, and the patterns of systemic racism and injustice that continue long after slavery ended. And like you said, uh, there was a lot of uh, a lot of anger uh, on the backdrop of this affirmative action, uh, action uh, uh, affirmative action uh, decision that was. Uh, struck down today by the Supreme Court. There's a couple hundred people in Sacramento at this hearing that talked about it, but a lot going on today. Well, uh, Corbin, one of the ironies is is that affirmative action was reparations. The, 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 the basis for passing and instituting affirmative action programs was to make up for the systemic and baked-in discrimination that took place after the freeing of the slaves and the years of Jim Crow and all of the, you know, uh, codified by law discrimination that took place, it, the affirmative action was created to compensate and to clear paths uh, for equality, for a path to equality. Uh, you know, the problem that I, I've always had with, and again, the task force hasn't put a number on this, I am in favor of direct reparations. In And by direct reparations, what I mean is, we had this story a few months back of Bruce Bruce's Beach, uh, where a piece of property right on the coast was really scammed. A black family, the Bruce's, were robbed of their proper land. And their direct descendants, there's a traceable lineage to that land and the people who were awarded their land back. Uh, so when you can make a direct appropriation to to compensate a family that was robbed of uh, tangible assets. I'm all in favor of. You know where where this will become an enormous problem at some point is at some point Cuba will break away from the yoke of communism, and there are 
thousands and thousands of families in America who came from Cuba. I went to high school. I have a friend of mine who fled Cuba as a young child with his family. And they hope someday to reclaim their property back in Cuba when, when the uh, Castro regime and its aftermath finally is thrown onto the ash heap of history. Well, that's going to be a real uh, mess to try to sort out who owned that and do they still own it and who's on that property. But yeah. one of the challenges here is that any kind of cash reparations payment in California would be paid out of the general revenue fund unless there's some kind of you know magic source of money all money is the people's money so you would essentially being take you would take taxpayer money from African American taxpayers to redistribute it to other African Americans it's it's a Rubik's cube of uh, of difficulty in terms of how do you negotiate this right and you're talking about uh, what I think I saw an estimate of two and a half million black people in California. And, and in some estimates are that that would be eight hundred billion dollars, uh, which is twice the state's annual budget. But uh, some of the things that also that you mentioned that came up today, uh, we, uh, we, we heard from Governor Newsom, who was also addressing a question about the task force and talked about uh, affirmative action at the same time about what what the country is is what he calls a, a regression of civil rights I take the responsibility to answer and to uh, be accountable uh, to what's going on as relates to race relations in the state and the nation uh, I am very mindful of our past we're experiencing this rights regression on civil rights on voting rights and LGBTQ rights on women's rights women's access to contraception it's a very serious moment in our nation's history and you're seeing this rights roll back in real time, this regression in real time. And I hope folks wake up to it. And, uh, and so this reparations task force, the report, in the context of that decision today only reinforce the seriousness purpose to which we will review it. And then that, of course, has to go any back, uh, any packages. There was an assemblyman, there was an assemblyman and a senator and, uh, on the task force. So those will be taken to the legislature and then have to make it to the governor's desk. And you can kind of hear in what he's saying which way he leans. But nothing is guaranteed at this point. And then, as you mentioned, uh, I covered the Bruce's Beach uh, story. Uh, extensively when it was going on at, from the very beginning and there was a large argument about who was paying for this and kind of the, the the interesting part was that it was LA County land even though the beach was in Manhattan Beach and the and the atrocities that were uh, attributed to that situation uh, came from a, a Manhattan a City Be uh, Manhattan Beach City Council back in 19 uh, 1920 and so that that was a huge two-year argument and you know just recently as you said the money was given I think it ended up being about 20 million dollars is what the county bought the land back from the family for and so yes this will play out and, and be a larger argument moving forward well it's a it's a real problem if you're gonna start thumbing through the uh, sins of the past and try to right. put a modern-day cash uh, price on that. You could go to the internees of uh, Japanese during uh, World War II or the Zoot Suit riots or where you want to go back. I'm just curious, Corbin, we are talking about Corbin Carson at KFI's Corbin Carson. Uh, did anybody talk about the fact that California entered the Union in 1850 as a free state? So for 15 years, uh, we, uh, California was a state while slavery was legal in America. But it was never a slave state. Now, there were people who brought slaves into the state illegally and kept them in bondage, but it wasn't codified by law. Has anybody talked about that aspect? Yeah, they, the, the task force talked about studying the in institution of slavery in the U.S., including the keeping of enslaved persons and enforcement of the Fugitive Slave 
acts in California and how those actions and structures put in place during the enslavement period and thereafter resulted in a system, this is the, the, the task force words, resulted in a system that relentlessly subjected African Americans. The report claims to trace this through California's history into the present and both details the ongoing adverse impacts on living African Americans and presents numerous ideas for policy changes designed to begin the process of repair. But I, I do want to mention, if you're talking about sins of the past, the one one thing that was a very powerful moment for people in the 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 room this morning was when Task Force Chair and Repertory Justice Attorney, uh, she's from L.A., Camilla Moore, she listed what are what are what some are calling or what she called racial disparities documented in the 1100 page report never forget that we were enslaved in this country longer than we have been free chattel slavery sharecropping convict leasing de jure and de facto segregation redlining educational funding discrepancies predatory financial practices unfair labor practices chronic unemployment, medical experimentation, intellectual property deprivation, environmental terror, family separation, police brutality, anti-African American hate crimes, vigilante violence, extrajudicial terror, war on drugs, mass incarceration, unfair sentencing, the school to prison pipeline, extreme poverty, homelessness, gentrification, wealthlessness. We have been relegated to the bottom of the caste system in this country. And again, those those things that she mentioned are documented in this. It, 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 there's about nine phases in this report, which is live and online, and people can thumb through it themselves. But it's it's a lot of documentation that uh, that points to some of the things she was mentioning. All right, that's KFI's Corbin Carson. Corbin, thanks so much for being with us. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Doug. Okay, uh, when we come back, we're going to uh, have a chat with Tim Conway. As I understand it, Mr. Conway's people have agreed that he would come in and do some crosstalk with me before we yield the balance of our time to Mr. Conway. Uh, and we're also going to tell you about a scam. You just don't want to go to prison for the crime I'm going to tell you about. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. The one, the only. Ding dong. Tim Conway Jr. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you, man. Now, <laughs> here's the thing about us doing crosstalk. We know so much about each other personally sure. that we have to play it safe because we could destroy each other. We, we have enough backstory that's right. that we could totally destroy not just our what passes for careers, but our personal lives. 100%. Well. well, you and I, Doug uh, McIntyre and I used to live together in Burbank. <laughs> right. Not that we're judging. No, I mean, you know. no. I mean, uh, and that was, uh, it was right over here on Priscilla, wasn't it? Uh, Priscilla, yeah. correct. And now that's a huge McMansion now. They yeah. tore that piece of crap down that we had. Actually, they didn't tear it down. They, oh, they, they expanded they, it. They expanded yeah, 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 it. That exactly. way it's a remodel. That's exactly right. I think they right. left the doorknob on it and everything else is new. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is uh, obviously the, you know, Thursday before 4th of July. Traffic is unbelievable out there. People are, are splitting. They're not going to work tomorrow and they're done. Here's the thing about post-COVID traffic. It makes no sense. There's there's days when you can get on the 101 and you're That's just right. sailing, and then the next day, glaciers are passing. That's it's just right. like nothing. <laughs> it's, you know, skeletons in the carpool lane. Um, I did see something in the news today that, that uh, struck me. It's sort of odd, probably true. But uh, human beings are the, are the only creatures on the planet whose mouths are shrinking. That's why we have crazy teeth. Like every other animal, mammal, fish, reptile, whatever, over the last billion years, they've been eating the same crap for a billion years. 
We've changed over the years. We've had food is softer now. We don't have to, you know, attack a... Oh, that's uh, interesting. Straws. And, and it, right, and it, and it shrinks your mouth, and that's why you get all those crazy uh, teeth. Well, Bill Handel's throwing the curve <laughs> off on that, huh? <laughs> Shrinking <laughs> teeth! Now, let me ask you this, because you like a good scam. That's right. In fact, one of my uh, forever memories when we were uh, housed together is when you came into my house, you had actually moved out, and you come into my house... Without knocking. <laughs> and you asked the following question. Hey, buddy, what's your handwriting look like? What's your signature look like? <laughs> yeah. And Even said, worse. And I said, nothing legal has ever followed that. <laughs> I, I, needed, I needed somebody to sign something. Your, I, your sister. And you didn't want to drive right. to Malibu. I didn't want to drive to Malibu. And I'm like, hey, can you sign this? I said, what does your signature look like? And McIntyre was like, no way, dude. <laughs> no, that's just no way. So, no way. So as a fan of a scam, I saw this in the L.A. Times. Uh, not the L.A. Daily News, which I write for, sure. but the L.A. Times had this, about this guy, his name is Ray Brewer, he's going to jail because he was running a manure scam. And here's what he was doing. He tried to con people into investing in a company that was going to take cow poop and turn it into green, fissionable material, methane, etc. Only it was all a scam. And, and the reason I bring this up is he's not going to do well in prison. No. I mean, if you think... You know, you're in the in the yard, and uh, you remember what it was like in the yard, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're in the yard, and what you do is scratch your eye. I shot up a school bus. Right. You know, what you do? I hit a bank. What you do? Well, I, I, I was running a poop scandal. That was a I fake mean, manure just... business. <laughs> manure is, you know, when you go buy it at Home Depot or Lowe's, it's a dollar for 30 pounds. How much is the guy going to make? That's right. I remember years ago, a guy hijacked a grease truck. It was a truck that would go around to restaurants and pump the French fry oil out of the deep fryer and go restaurant to restaurant. And apparently there's an aftermarket for this. I have no idea. Right. You know, where it was actually Don's Patio and Burbank used to buy it from. Right. They burned down, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, but, but it's like there are some crimes. You know, everybody understands why someone would rob a bank. But I can't understand some crimes. Like, how does one conceive of the idea of stealing grease? Well, you know, it starts young. There was a kid in Ontario, Canada. He worked outside of a, a small town called Blenheim, Ontario. And he used to buy eggs from the local grocery store. Yeah. And he'd come home, and with a little bit of bleach, he'd take the stamp off them. You know, because they're all stamped, you know, grade A or where they're from or whatever. Eggland, they're from Eggland. Yeah, yeah. And, and bleach, you know, take a little bleach take the little uh, ink mark off of each egg, and then go down a block and in front of a farmhouse and sell them as fresh eggs. And the guy, the kid made millions. Uh, not millions, but thousands over the summer, yeah, you know? Over, I mean, but it's just the brain. The brain works in marvelous That's things. right. That's exactly right. I mean, there was a guy who put, he got caught, this is many years ago. He would wait till the bank closed. This is back before ATMs and when there were bankers' hours. He waited till dark, and then he'd put a sign up that says, pardon our dust, mm. use this box for night deposits. And then right before oh, that's dawn, great. He just, people would throw money in the thing. That's great. You know, uh, if he could put his mind only to the purpose of good. Well, of I mean, that. you remember uh, Seinfeld, you know, the, the most interesting, one of the funniest episodes is when, uh, what's his name, was uh, unemployed. Um, I know you're not a big fan of uh, uh, Seinfeld. No, no, I saw, what? what uh, Who was it that was unemployed? Cram not Kramer, the other guy. Yeah, uh, George, George. George. Yeah, but George was unemployed, and he worked his ass off while be trying to get unemployment checks harder than he's ever worked in life. Right. Well, that's frequently the case with criminals. That's right. Hey, folks, speaking of criminals, I'm going to be stealing your money. Uh, excuse me. I'm going to oh. be selling my book at July 18th at the Grove at Barnes & Noble. Uh, Frank Shadow is the book. 
You go to DougMcIntyre.com. Is that thing finally out? July 18th. You got to come on and promote it. Oh, I guess you just did. That's what I'm doing now. Sorry. That's why I'm here. July 18th. We'll keep promoting it. July 18th. All right. Where? At the Grove? At the Grove. Well, you know, people listen half-assed. Let's get it. Let's knock it out. July 18th. At the Grove. At the Grove. 7 to 9 p.m. 7 to 9 p.m. Oh, I can go. What is that? that. um, Right after the show, you come on over there. What day of the week is it? That's a Tuesday. Tuesday. All right. I'm going to go. I knew that. We'll promote the hell out of it. All right. You just did. and then we have uh, Mike Love coming on tonight, uh, the co-founder of the Beach Boys, and then Dean Sharp as well. Do you know that that there's, uh, of all the five, I think there's five Beach Boys, there's only one that knows how to surf? <laughs> I don't know how to surf either. Hey! Yeah, hey, but you're not a Beach Boy! Eric, thanks for having me. Yes. Mark, Ronner, and Ray Lopez. Two, two, two. Let's go to the phones. Two, okay. two, 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 Let's two, two, get two, some two. headlines. Conway coming <laughs> off. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.